Portage Health Foundation is excited to announce six projects sharing more than $105,000 in investments covering a wide range of improvements to recreational opportunities in Michigan's copper country. Projects include accessibility upgrades to Second Sands Beach in Lawns Township, a new groomer for Adventure Mountain, new signage for QAnon Nordic Ski Club, an outdoor ice rink that will launch this winter at Horizon School, recently completed trail upgrades in Copper Harbor, and site updates to Camp Josh in Otsnagan County. Learn more at phfgive.org. Welcome back to the second segment of Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. We are brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. Of course, you can learn more about them and the good things they do in the Copper Country by visiting phfgive.org. Today, of course, is our You Must Be Named Mary to be a guest on the program day. Our second Mary is Mary Babcock, the city manager from the city of Hancock. Got a few things to talk about, including a public hearing that's coming up this week that I want to make sure that we have some information out on. So, Mary, welcome to the program. Thank you for coming in. Well, thank you, Todd, for having me today. Let's start with the big kind of elephant in the room here and then get on to some of the other things that are going on in Hancock because there's a lot of positive things happening in Hancock right now. Yes, we're we're busy trying to um, do some upgrades to our recreation and also try to be uh, a little bit friendlier for redevelopment and revitalization um, in Hancock. Your city council, and I salute them for this over the past several years, has taken on a couple of really, really big tasks. They put together, first of all, a, a rental code, which every city needs to have one of, and there wasn't much of one, as I recall, before this one. That was put into effect a couple, three years ago, I think, at this point, wasn't it? Yep. So our rental ordinance went in place in January of 2021. Uh, we had updated the previous one that was put in place in 1994. And so there were some, that was a large change for the city in the fact that all rental property had to be um, licensed in the city of Hancock. We were, track, were tracking it more. We're doing inspections once every three years. And so far we've had a really good response to that ordinance. Of course, there's always tough spots, but right now we have 371 licensed uh, rentals in Hancock. And I know that there were some things that were discussed in regards to short-term rentals along with that that hadn't been involved before, uh, Airbnb uh, rentals, things of that nature. So there was a, it was a necessary upgrade and uh, some fees were put in place for, I think, the first time. So in 1994, that ordinance called for a $5 rental registration fee. And so now our current one, it, it, there is a scale. I think it's about $100 for a rental property up to three units. And then it max is $350. But people have not had any real issues with that because they are getting the registration and we do have potential tenants that do call to make sure that people are registered. So it, it has created a great database for the city and for people that are looking for housing. Excellent, excellent. And I've, I've worked in the real estate business from time to time in my career, and I, I know for a fact that good landlords appreciate that kind of a code because they want to be part of a good community and they want to make sure that the that there are, let's face it, in every bunch of apples, a few bad ones. They don't like bad landlords any more than the city does. You're right. I mean, it is a matter of um, 
anything that we have found in our inspections. Our fire chief in Hancock, Bill Lepisto, is actually a person that does the inspections, and he works with property owners to make the improvements, and he goes back and re-inspects. And so far, we have not had any issues that have been unsurmountable. And that is the bottom line to this. It's not that the city wants to be punitive with anything like this. You want to be assistive. Right. I mean, our goal is to make it, you know, the health and safety of the residents. It doesn't, we want to work with property owners. We don't want to consider this an adversary to the city. This is something that can help everybody. And that in the process of putting the rental ordinance together, we did bring land owners and property owners into the first stages of that rental process. So now let's talk about the one that the public hearing is set for this Wednesday evening, and that is the updated zoning ordinance in the city of Hancock. This has been in the works for how long now? So this process started in November of 2020. So it's been a long process. The Planning Commission did a lot of due diligence. We also brought in stakeholders in the initial process, did interviews, what's working, what's not working. We tried to work with some um, people that possible development in Hancock. What are you looking for? What's a good process? So a lot of the components of our previous one that was in the 1970s, we brought a lot of that forward. We looked at different, um, the Michigan Enabling uh, Act for planning and zoning. We made sure we're now in compliance with everything that has come to fruition in the last 45 years or so. You mean things have changed in a half century? <laughs> really? <laughs> it, it is hard to believe the amount of things that stayed the same and are vastly different. And one of our goals with the zoning ordinances to be enable us to become redevelopment ready certified and that will allow the city to be have access to different pools of funding to access to um, different uh, opportunities for marketing tools and really engage with MEDC they have been uh, an integral process in the zoning ordinance upgrades because that is part of what they want us to improve on and to help us. They're trying to assist us to become ready for opportunities of development. I've, hear, I've heard that phrase a lot as I've covered meetings uh, around the area, This you're redevelopment ready, development ready. Basically, that means that you have fewer hoops to jump through when grants become available and many grants just aren't, aren't even offered to cities and villages that aren't that don't meet these standards. Right. There has been two pools of funding that have come out recently that it's a requirement that you are a redevelopment ready certified in order to even apply. And that is important for us to look at how we're going to make and revitalize downtown Hancock. We need to get those tools. Uh, We don't meet the low mod. So this is so those, that funding we don't have the opportunity for, but this is something that we can control. And it really, updating the zoning 
can only make us a stronger community. Now, when you went to update zoning, uh, maybe we, we should explain basically what zoning is. There may be people who just really are a little fuzzy about what that concept is. Basically, this is you take certain portions of the city and say, this is what's going to be appropriate here. This is what's going to be appropriate over here. We don't want somebody dropping a big manufacturing plant in the middle of a residential neighborhood, things of that nature. It just kind of controls what happens around town. Yep. So I think of zoning more as kind of protection for residents in the fact that a zoning is built off your master plan and resident input is vital to the success of those. It's a The zoning ordinance is a living document that we our goal will be to be reviewing. We're going to be tracking any issues and looking at updating them to meet the needs of the residents. It's not a punitive um, document. This is something that won't impact the majority of people that live in Hancock right now. Yeah, virtually everybody who lives in Hancock is not going to notice any difference from this. Right, because I think, you know, the 1994 version, I don't know how many people even knew we had zoning. And this, so this is just up, and it it protects us in the fact that we now will have a standardized um, review process when a development opportunity comes our way. And so that that in ourselves protects the city so that we are really equitable in how we treat people. Now, there are some things that come into play that do a deal with, uh, you know, residential, uh, I, I almost hate to use the word blight, but it's been a word that several areas here have used, uh, Calumet and Lorium in particular, have been worried about blight in their communities. There are, unfortunately, people who sometimes don't keep properties up. Um, this is something that you can use to try to encourage them to get back a little bit more towards the norm? So that's somewhat true. In the zoning ordinance, we don't necessarily address blight. It is for redevelopment and development of properties okay. that have not had any um, anything happen. Okay. Um, and it, like a homeowner in the city of Hancock is not going, no one's going to review what their current house looks like or property looks like in the fact that we're dealing with setbacks. We're dealing with um, driveways or that type of thing is all going to be grandfathered. Okay. okay? So so what, what you have basically stays and, and there's no problem with it. Right. That is not, that's not what this is meant to address. Okay. Okay. So this is just uh, helping to kind of guide as we look forward. Um, there are businesses, hopefully, that would like to move in. And, uh, you know, if I live in a residential neighborhood, I don't want that 24-hour machine shop being set up next door to my house with the things clanking and the oil smell and things of that nature. Zoning protects against that. Yes, that's the goal of it is to protect it. We did make a change in our zoning map to somewhat align our waterfront. So there's a what we now call a shoreline mixed use where there were four different districts along the waterfront in our previous zoning so that everybody along the waterfront will now have the same attributes if a development is proposed for the city. Are there any other signature changes in this, things that would really kind of red flag as we go into this hearing on Wednesday? Um, I think, you know, we do have some... Parking, there's a little bit of diff change in parking. We 
We are trying to accommodate both sides of RV and equipment parking in the city of Hancock. So people that own an RV are allowed to park their RV in front of their house like before and after their trips to load and unload. And otherwise it would um, be required to have off-street parking. But we are trying to accommodate both sides, the people that want to be able to park an RV and the people <laughs> that find it disturbing and um, dis harmful for well, their neighborhood. And, and it can be a challenge in some of the neighborhoods in Hancock. There are places where those houses are pretty close together. You don't necessarily have a lot of opportunity for off-street parking on your own lot in some cases. Right, and with the narrowness of the some of the streets in Hancock, it creates a traffic flow issue also when there is a trailer that's continually parked on the street. Yeah. So we're really just trying to find a balance to accommodate both sides. Talking with Hancock City Manager Mary Babcock, the public hearing on the new zoning ordinance is this Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock, is it? At 6 o'clock at City Hall. 6 o'clock at City Hall. And is the document available for people to take a look at in advance? Yes, so there is a draft document online. There is a hard copy at the office. And if anybody has any questions or concerns, feel free to email me or call me. And I would love to meet with you to address it to see what you're looking at, because we want to make sure that this zoning document is something that we can all live with. And as with pretty much anything in this day and age, uh, sometimes information that gets shared on social media and out in the community isn't necessarily quite accurate. So if you have some concerns or if you have some questions, contact the city staff or look at the document yourself and make sure that you know what's actually going on. Because sometimes these days, things get a little blown out of shape. So. Right. And uh, that's what we're there for, to answer any questions and um, make notes we will be reviewing this document in the upcoming year to see where we're at. I mean, it's important, it's vital to moving forward for the city of Hancock to revisit, to redo it, to make adjustments as needed in the future. All of this is fluid. Things change. You can't anticipate everything. Something comes up in the next few months. Uh, you, you can't be in a position where you're going to say, oh, gosh, we're going to have to live with this for the next 50 years, aren't we? Yeah. That is not what we're about in this process. I mean, we did have 22 meetings to go over this. Um, so it's been well thought out from the Planning Commission. There was a subgroup of the Planning Commission that met, um, and MEDC has been involved. It went to the council in February. This has been read and reread, and we're just trying to make it the best document we can. But there's always something. <laughs> yes, and that's what we found, always something. There's always something. So if you are interested in this, again, check the website, check at uh, Hancock City Hall. The public hearing is this Wednesday at 6. There is a special council meeting afterward. Do you anticipate that the council will vote on it at that point, or or will they put it, pull it, put it off? Yes, so the special meeting is only for this ordinance. Okay. So they will listen to residents that come. Also, I am accepting emails that I will present and read for the record on Wednesday. What's the address? Um, you can send it to manager at cityofhancock.net. Okay. And I'll make sure they get in the packet so the council is well aware of people's opinions and concerns. And then after the public hearing, it will go into the special meeting. And the only thing on the agenda that night will be the voting of the zoning ordinance. All right. Well, enough about zoning, Mary. Let's move <laughs> on to something else. The new business and uh, technology park. This is something that, as I recall, this has been a long, long time in the making. 
So this project started about 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so after the 2018 flood, there was an EDA grant opportunity for economic development, which the city then applied for to create our Hancock Business and Technology Park. Yeah, if there was a silver lining to the flood, yeah. this is going to be part of it, at least, because all of a sudden something, as I recall the discussion, something that you had to initially present 40% matching funds for, right. all of a sudden you had to present 20% matching funds for, something along that nature, and that made it very uh, much affordable. Right, and then we were able to secure some additional funding from MEDC to help with some site readiness. So this is, you know, it is still an investment for the city of Hancock, but it's also something that for our future growth. And it is going to be approximately probably 15 to 19 parcels, anywhere from two to three acres. That will be, main entrance will be off Lake Annie Road. And then it, there, it will come out by the high school. Yeah, it's kind of up uh, to the north of the high school, to the northeast of the high school, if you're wondering where it is. And uh, uh, marketing begins soon. I know you're, you're going to be listing the lots with a local broker. Right. So we did just receive um, the notice that we can put the project out to bid, which we did on August 1st. They will be due on August 30th. So that was our big step. Once we got the commitment from EDA to move forward with our plans, um, it went out. it's going out to bid. So now it's a time where we can start marketing. So we are working with MEDC on the marketing, and also we have a local broker. And so you are going to see information coming across, and we're trying to spread it wide and loud as, as far as we can to make people aware of it because it, it is somewhat hidden right now. And so you'll see things popping up now to get that out there and in front of people. Well, and this is a slow developing type of project. It's not like you open it up and all of a sudden 30 businesses say, hey, me, me, I want to get now. Yep. <laughs> it takes a while to develop this. Have you had any initial interest from companies? So I have met with about five different companies at this point um, and some of them are still interested and they would be for the summer of next year but without having that EDA giving us the opportunity to push forward we I couldn't give a hard date on when it will be ready so now I'll reach out to a few of them again and start the process um, with the realtor you're talking you're calling it a business and technology park does that give a clue as to what types of businesses you would like in there? Would Are you leaning towards hoping you get some high-tech people? Yep, more high-tech, some light manufacturing, not a huge manufacturing plant. That's not something we're looking for. It is just kind of that mid-range. Do you have any projections as to how long this might take to develop? That's probably a guess at this point, isn't it? It is a guess, and I think I think in the next year and a half, we're going to get a better feel for that. Okay. There's a lot of potential right now. And so we'll see if we can get some people enticed to come up there. And I think once we get it going, it will, um, I think it'll fill up. Because at this point, there aren't a whole lot of opportunities like that here. Uh, the airport park is uh, fairly well filled up and, and committed at this point. So this opens up some new opportunities that will not only benefit the city of Hancock, but could benefit the entire copper country. Right. So my understanding is the airport might have one spot left open. And that is one of the reasons why the EDA agreed that we should push forward, because there aren't lots that will have everything, all utilities in place and ready for somebody to move in and make it easier. Yeah, because the types of utilities that are needed for business 
uh, are not necessarily the same types of utilities you find along a country road that has a lot of vacant land there. You have to have power at a certain level. You have to have water and sewer at a certain level. And that'll all be installed as part of this grant process. Right. I mean, this this um, area is going to have sidewalks. It's going to have streetlights. We are... Um, it's something that we'll be real proud of, and I think that we've been working with UPCO and uh, SEMCO and a couple different fiber operatives up here to give them the products they need to be able to be in the park and be productive. Well, it's exciting to see this move forward. I know that land had been sitting there for a long time, yeah. and the opportunity, <laughs> like I said, if there if there is a silver lining that comes out of the Father's Day flood, this is at least a little bit of a, a part of it here. A lot of people went through a lot of bad things at that point, but it's nice, nice to see something positive right. that's coming out of it. Um, other positive things happening, you've got pickleball courts. Pickleball. I would never have known that pickleball could be such a contagious and popular sport. I read an article the other day that now tags it as the fastest growing sport in the United States. It's it it is the most used park right now that we have. Well, the dog park is also very well used at this point, but the pickleball has two different mornings a week that has a large group of res residents or players that come like 20 players, 30 players, and then on Wednesday night there's a group of 15 to 20 people that have started a kind of a casual league for pickleball. So it is great to see because it's a different um, different set of users. It's not yeah. like we build our parks normally for the youth. And this is something that is impacting, you know, 55 and older are users of this type of park. And so, and they're ecstatic about it. Well, it kind of revitalized that area of Lauren Grove Park. The tennis courts there had, uh, uh, they needed to be dealt with. Yes. And so all of a sudden, uh, Lauren Grove Park, which is such an historic area in Hancock anyway, with the rink there and, and such, all of a sudden it has, as you said, a brand new set of users. And the dog park, um, I know there were an awful lot of people happy to see that dog park open. Right. Uh, we At our grand opening, I, we must have had 50 people with their with their dogs that attended the grand opening. And it's very rare where you go by the park and there's not some users in the park. And so. that's located at the, that's driving park. Yep, it's at the very end of the driving park. Uh, we were lucky enough that Superior Sand and Gravel, um, the Madalas, were donated that property for the dog park for us to have. Oh, how wonderful of them. Right, and you know, that's what makes Hancock special, is that people in the area want to do things to help other people. You know, that I we can't thank them enough. And you got some grant money to upgrade restrooms at the campground, so that's in good shape now. Yep, so that is the first time we've had ADA-compliant restrooms. So the park is now pretty much um, ADA-compliant, uh, and the Portage Health Foundation gave us a $30,000 grant, and then it was a DNR passport grant that paid for the rest of that project. Yeah, those of us who pay that money to have the license plate. Correct. Um, yeah, that's so that we can get into the state parks. Some of that money goes into a fund and it comes back to local municipalities such as Hancock for outdoor projects, even though they're not associated with the state park. Right. And uh, it is such a great opportunity now when people call to make reservations and they ask the question, do you have ADA restrooms? Now we do. And just being able to offer these subsets of the population opportunities to be outside is um, 
that's what our rec commission is looking for. Well, and the ADA, I remember when that was passed back in the uh, late 80s, I think it was, when that was passed, I, I thought, gee, that's, I, I didn't know. And then I had relatives who were older and had trouble getting around. And suddenly I understood the value of those handicapped parking spaces yeah. near the door. And suddenly I understood the value of the wide doors for restrooms and the bars and things of that nature. And uh, sometimes it takes a little personal experience to understand the value of those things. But it's great to have those. And to have that kind of be accessible to visitors, in right. many cases, to the, the city of Hancock, brings a few more p visitors into town, brings a few more dollars into the community. And that's what it's all about. You know, we need to bring people into Hancock. We need our Hancock residents to have places to um, to go. And so that has been just a, a bonus for us to be able to get that done. Real quickly, as we wrap this up, Mary Babcock, what's on the horizon? Um, you're getting the big zoning thing finally put to bed. What comes up next and what projects are you working on that people might be interested in? So one of our bigger projects right now, we're working with the DDA to purchase the uh, property at 224 Quincy Street. The former hardware building. Yep, the former yes. hardware building. And we will then be... Um, putting that out to for proposals to try to get some interest to create some kind of mixed-use opportunity there. So this is one of the first times the city of Hancock really has taken on this type of challenge, and we're anxious to see what kind of proposals we get and how the DDA fares in this um, opportunity. We're also working on an acquisition grant with the DNR for uh, there's a piece of shoreline that we don't own uh, between the townhomes and um, on Navy Street. Okay. Okay. So we're trying to gain ownership and rights to that property through this acquisition grant, and that should be coming hopefully to fruition in the next couple months. And then we also are doing a trail work um, by the Ramada to continue our boardwalk. That's right. And that should also be happening this fall. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on those things. And uh, Mary Babcock, Hancock City Manager, thank you for joining me on Copper Country today. Well, thanks again, Todd, for having me. We'll be back in a moment.